Welcome back to another episode of Person of Interest with me, Natalie Jones. Hello. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I don't think y'all are ready for the heat that we're bringing this week. Today we're talking adoption. We're talking race issues. We're talking same-sex marriage issues. It is June, which means it is Pride Month. So I wanted to sit down and talk to my good friend and coworker, Julie Evans. Her and her wife were foster parents for years. They fostered 12 kids throughout their journey, and then they ended up adopting two beautiful, amazing baby boys, Nolly and Marco. My friend Julie and her wife Sarah are white. Her little boys are black. I wanted to ask her what it was like to be a gay mom raising two black boys in your neighborhood and what it was like and any obstacles that you've overcome and really, like, how the adoption process works. It is Pride Month, so I thought, why not? Right now is the perfect time. It's always the perfect time, but this month especially. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy and fall in love with as much as I do. My good friend, Miss Julie Evans. Okay, are you are you ready to start? I am. So, you know, Julie Evans, you mm. um so you're my friend and coworker. You're my friend. And um you I wanted to you to I wanted to ask you today about your experience in adopting two little boys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how do you speak about this stuff? Are you really honest about it? You were in a same-sex marriage. I am. You and your wife Sarah yep. adopted two little black boys. We did. From two different families. We did. Yes. Okay. And what are their names? Well, we've had 12 kids total in foster care. Okay. Yes. Okay. So there, I don't know, like, do you want to start at the beginning of, yes, like... Yes, so I want to start at the way, way beginning. Like at a party in St. Bernard when I met my wife? <laughs> I mean, we could, but you have a lot of jobs. Have you, you ever gone to a party in St. Bernard? Yeah, I have not. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I can imagine that I would thrive in a situation like that, though. Here's the cliff notes. She rolled up on a skateboard. <laughs> Fuck yes. And I was done. <laughs> we were both engaged to other people, and it was a wrap. Oh, my God, you were? I didn't yeah. know that part of it. Yeah, she was engaged to a boy. Damn. Mm-hmm. You were not, though, because you were, you were, what was it called when you are a lesbian who's never been with a guy? I'm not that. Oh, okay, you're not. I'm not. Okay. I, I, have, I have had a boyfriend in the past. Okay. A serious boyfriend of, like, six years. Oh. My okay. wife has never been with a man. That's why. Because Even though she was engaged to a man. She was saving herself. She was. Or she was... Like, wait a minute. Wait, I don't actually. Right, really I think want that that's to. really what it was. Because mm-hmm. when we started dating, that wasn't a problem. It wasn't like, oh, we got to wait till we're married. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, did I ever tell you? Like when I, um, the last woman that I dated, we, um, the sex part of it was always difficult for me, but she was like way into it, and we went into it both of us like curious. Like, I don't really know if I want to go full fledged on this. It's always been a thing. I always dabbled. And she was she a dabbler or no card she, carry? She'd only had she'd only had random sex with black guys, and she was like, "That's it. Like I just only <laughs> she's like black guys are just hotter, and I've only had sex with like randomly be were all one night stands." And you I know was what's drunk. weird about that is but, I'm only attracted to black men. Really? Yes. <laughs> you would love this chick. I will not say her name, I, but she's fantastic. I think I know who she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So Sarah and I had been together, I don't know, six years probably at this point. We're not married because it's not legal. Okay, that's right. Right. So then this. And did either of your families, because your your, your father was a preacher, were either of your families um, having difficulty with you two being together? Oh, my gosh. So I had been out for 15 years when I met Sarah. 
Okay. So I wasn't a newbie to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had a very difficult time because yeah. my dad is a pastor and my mm-hmm. mom is like the quintessential pastor's wife. Oh my God. Like, I always forget this about you. Like, too much jewelry, <laughs> too much makeup. Yeah. All of that. TJ Maxinista. Uh, yeah. She likes Chico's. Yeah. <laughs> um, my parents are the greatest human beings on this planet. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, but they did not do well with this. So I came out when I was 20. Mm. And I'm 41. Okay. Okay. So I, it did not go well. We did not speak for a solid year. Your parents? Yeah. And you? Yeah. But do you know what tracks are? No. Okay. Have you ever like had somebody give you like a, um, like a postcard size and it's a couple pages long little booklet about like turning your life over to God? No. Okay, well, those are called tracks. If you ever see one, I'll try to find you one. Okay. So I would get them in the mail from my family. Nothing in there like, we love you. But it would I would get a track, and it would be the pray the gay away. <laughs> that is not what it said. It yeah, 100. Oh my At God. this point, I am living full-time. I've bought a house, living full-time with a woman and her two kids. Not even my wife at this point. Okay, okay and they're still praying the gay away. Yeah. And, I mean, when I came out, my sister, who's 13 years older than me, she's like a second mom, uh-huh. she was like, duh. 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 And my mom acted so shocked. My mom actually passed out when I told her. <laughs> Hit the ground. So where were we headed with this? So they didn't do well. So yeah. Sarah's par- Sarah came out to her parents while we were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we had started, like, dating And she would do the, I'll stay with you on the weekends, but Monday through Thursday, I got to go home because she still lived at home. Okay. She just moved back from living in Seattle. So she hadn't got her own place yet. And I was like, not on that at all. Like when I'm in a relationship, I'm in it a hundred percent. Right. I want to do dinners and I want to do each other's laundry. And I like, I like living the, what's that called? Like the cohab life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I like. And so, um, we did this for a while where she went home during the week and, like, we barely spoke. And I was like, this isn't going to work for me. And I finally got the nerve. And I really, really liked her. I knew she was something super special. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, she was going to be my wife. But I finally said, like, look, I had spent 18 years, 19, 20 years in the closet. I'm never going back. Because yeah. I would go to her parents' house and have dinner as her friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't play that role very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Weird. you know, I carry a wallet. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I like, I am who I am and I've never yeah. like tried to hide that. And so I told her like, I, I just can't do this. I can't go back in the closet. I'm never going back to that where I'm hiding who I am. I maybe was six hours later. She's like, okay, I told my parents. <laughs> I was like, what? Her mom was super cool. Her mom and her, um, came up to work. And brought me ice cream. And she's like, I'm so glad my daughter's gay with you. Really? And I was like. And you were working at the station. I like, was at the station, yeah. And they came up and I was like, thanks. Wow. And uh, you're like, my parents don't want me to pray this gay away. Right. Her dad had a little bit hard over time. Like he'd mm-hmm. get he'd get like 18 beers in him and be like, why can't you have a dick? <laughs> <laughs> can't why? Can I buy, if I buy you one? And I'm like, no, oh it doesn't. God. Yeah. He, 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 he came around eventually, but it was it was rough. Only when he drank for a while. You know, like a true Catholic. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, and so, yeah, six years into that, um, I said, I think, and I never wanted kids. Ever, 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 ever. And I was like, I think I do want to have kids with you. 
Like she's really, you know her. She's yeah. sweet and kind and Very nurturing. And, yeah. yeah, she is maternal. And I was none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I thought, like, I really want to see her be a mom. Mm-hmm. So in, oh, able to, true love. I think so. Yeah. So enabled to for her to be get that. She never even asked me. Yeah. Like she knew it was off the table. I was. I came to her and was like, I think that we should adopt. And she's like, What? And all of our friends, okay, this is like 10 years ago when everyone's like, oh, in vitro, we're, we're gay couples, that's what we do, and yeah. sperm donors. And I was like, I think that we should um, foster. And she was like, huh? Yeah. And, yeah. And so I have a background with foster care. My little brother was in, in foster care for a little mo- uh, moment until my parents got custody of him. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was my first, like, into go with it, yeah. right? So it wasn't like some weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my brother is like, you know, he's grown with his own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were at church and they were talking about like listening for the Lord to tell you something. And when I got home, I had this conversation with her, and never in my wildest dreams would I imagine that me saying that what the next seven years of our life would become. What is that? A cough? Yeah. Okay. So then we, Sarah actually knew somebody, a single woman who we're now very good friends with, um, who had fostered and adopted five kids on her own by wow. herself. You can do that? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this morning as I was like, you can 100% on my walk for this today. I was like, what if we should start fostering? So basically, Every person is licensed, right? Like, I had my own license. Sarah had her own license. Okay. It wasn't like we were married, so we had one license. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, anybody over the 18 in your house has to be licensed for you to have a foster kid, whether it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, gotcha. right? Like, yeah. But if you were a foster parent, you would have to be licensed. Okay. And you can totally be a single. There are tons. I will tell you, in our group, in our foster agency, there was a lot of, like, Older women that mm-hmm. were widows, yeah, that were just tired of being alone, yeah, late fifties, early sixties, who just did this, like, so that these kids had a place to go, yeah. So right. there's a lot of that. So angels in the outfield, yeah. So I can get you the paperwork. All right, thanks. <laughs> I a place to live first. Oh yeah, I guess that would be important. And a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm on loaner everything right now. Um. So yeah. What do you want to know from there? Because okay, so there's a guys, lot that we can talk about. So then you guys start fostering, and how long? How many years did you guys foster total? Seven. Seven. And then when did you um, meet your two boys that you have now, and what was all that about? So let's just like start with when you first started doing it. So typically, they I would think that it probably takes the average person mm-hmm. maybe nine months to get licensed. Okay. Because there's a ton like of classes you have to take not only the classes that you have to take you have to get fingerprinted you have to have house checks where they come out and they go nope your water's too hot turn it down nope nope yeah. these doors locks aren't right lots of stuff you would never think I'm of a product of many divorces uh-huh. yes i'm used to those home visits by the government <laughs> okay great great most people aren't um so you i would think that nine months is what i would and anytime okay. i get a phone call like hey we're thinking about fostering i, I tell them that's what it's going to take now me i'm an overachiever mm-hmm I think we were licensed in five months. Of course. Um, and you get licensed. You're officially a foster parent. Mm-hmm. My oldest son, Nolly, came three days later. Wow. Yeah. Were you ready for it that soon? 
Yeah, you think you are because you went yeah. to all these classes. Like, you've got to know everything. If you have, like, a bed for a child in your house, like a bedroom for... Yeah, so what you have to do Wait, Nolly came right away? Three days. Wow. Three days. How we, old was he? He was two. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was adorable and smelled like cat urine and had clothes on eight sizes too big and a Kroger bag with broken toys and a gnarly toothbrush. That's what he came to my house with. Oh, my God. Yeah, my sweet baby. Um... So, yeah, the room was kind of prepped, but you don't know what age you're going to get. And, you, like, you fill out all this questionnaire. There's a four-page questionnaire mm-hmm. from what age do you want, what race do you want, what gender do you want. But then it gets extremely narrow. Will you take a kid that has been sexually molested? Will you take a kid that sexually molests other kids? Will you take a kid that is addicted to any of the following drugs? And they list every single one, you, wow. some you've never heard of. Will you take, will you take a kid who is a, a pyromaniac? Will you take a kid who has AIDS? And then you go down all the mental health, right? Will you take a kid who has ADHD? Will you take a kid who has autism? I mean, it's four pages long. And then you get the phone call, like, and it's so vague and has nothing to do with anything you checked. Yeah. Right? You think that your perfect child's coming. Yeah. And they, they'll call you and they go, literally, these are the calls that I would get. Hi, yes, Miss Evans. We have a biracial four-year-old male. <laughs> and do uh, you want him? He needs placement in the next hour. Wow, that's how it works. And I'd be like, okay, so is there any mental health? It's not listed. Okay, was he born addicted? Not listed. Um, do you know what size he wears? Not listed. So you literally would know, like, sometimes their race, you would know their gender and their age. And you on that phone call right then and there. I can't. I can't phone a friend. I can't hang up and call my wife. So I was always the contact because my wife would have said yes to every child. Yeah. Like we really would have had to buy this building to house (laughs) all the kids. So they had to call me. But right then and there, I had to say yes or no. If a child who I know has got nowhere to go, if they can come live with me or not. Right? Imagine saying no. That's intense. Never mind. I don't want to be a question. It's it's really intense. And here's what happens is 90% of the phone calls were Mm -hmm. siblings. So we have a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and their eight-year-old brother who has just burnt down the family home. Can they all come and live with you? That's how it typically goes. So, yeah. Oh, man, it's so heartbreaking. It's, it is so heartbreaking. Oh, I don't know. I'm just like your wife. I don't think I can go through it every day. I'm, like, crying now just thinking about don't it. Don't cry. Don't cry. So we'll power through it. So Nolly comes three days after having a license, right? And he is perfection. I mean, he's sweet. He has a ton of trauma, right? Yeah. So he barks instead of, like... If he's feeling anxious, he would, like, hide under furniture and bark. So we had to do therapy for that. Wow. That was, like, his, def- uh, like, even if I wasn't, like, we weren't fighting. But, like, I was in the kitchen and she was in the living room. I'm like, hey, babe. He would freak out, run under furniture, like, literally barking. And at first it was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what's, what's wrong? Like, and in the car was massive trauma. We'd put him in his car seat, and he would scream the entire time, don't take me to Gamals, don't take me to Gamals, because he never knew getting in the car where he was ending up, whose home he was going to be at, right? Mm. Where he was going next with his Kroger bag of broken toys and oversized clothes. Um, so Nolly took four years to adopt. It was a lot. Four years is, is not the standard. In fact... The judge at his adoption said this was the longest he'd ever seen it go. And we could, that's a whole other episode, but why did that take so long? Um, the smartest lawyer that I ever had 
in the seven years of being a foster parent, unfortunately, like you can only have them for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. for a certain like I I had a lawyer for Nolly. I had a lawyer for Marco. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. have them both because it's um what do they call it? It's um uh anyway. It would have been You're too close. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. The, the attorney can't do it. Nolly's attorney was the best person I ever met in the foster care system besides my kids. And not because she was sweet and kind, because she was smart and she was a bulldog. And she taught me everything I knew. Those classes, those 90 hours of classes we did, Uh didn't teach me anything. Um, I remember her sitting Sarah and I down and she said, it is not against the law to be a D minus parent. It's only against the law to be an F. And the gap between being D minus and F is so large that it, it, it takes everything to prove it. You know, when you're going in and you're trying to adopt these foster kids, sometimes the parents don't care and they don't put up a fight and they sign it over, right? That was kind of our situation with our last kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Nolly, um, they did care. She did care. His mom did care. And, and I tell him every chance I get how much she loves him. But she was not able to care for him. Um, but she would do just enough between court dates to, like, keep her case alive. Like, it's like she, she lives in our area here. She, she lives, lives in, yeah. I mean, the last in, I knew, she was in Hamilton County. Okay, yeah. So she, um, y'all live in the same county. And yeah. And she drug addicted? Um, there was lots of that. There was dad just, there was father selling okay. drugs in and out. The Lots of drugs, prison, all that. Yeah. I don't want to, like, share too much about his background like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, lots of police stuff and mm. court and... Ju- and Unstable home. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Not just your average, my dad got a DUI, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would do enough, like, we would have court, like, every f- five, six months. She would do enough, like, she'd pass a drug to test. be a D-minus parent. Yes. So she would yeah. pass a drug test right before court, but she'd lose her apartment. And so he'd say, you got to have an apartment. So the next time we'd go to court, she'd have an apartment, but she'd have three failed drug tests. Mm. So it was always just enough of whatever the judge just asked her to do. She was trying? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, because if someone took him away from me now, mm-hmm. I mean, not, there's no lengths I wouldn't have gone to to get him back. Yeah. So I, maybe in her circumstances, she did her best. Mm-hmm. And that is how I'd rather look at it. Yeah. So that's why it took four years for Nolly. Okay. In the meantime, we stepped, We still kept getting children. Um, our next set of kids were, we got a phone call. We have twin infants, but, uh, black boys. Um, they're six weeks old, but they're preemie, so they only weigh five pounds. Um, they're coming straight from the hospital, and they're adoptable. And my wife was, like, elated. Oh, my God, yes. She quit her job. Like, we didn't even have cribs because <laughs> Nolly was too old for a crib. So we went out that night. Not only yeah. did we buy a crib, we two cribs, two a changing. Everything. Yeah. We had no car seats for infants. We didn't have anything that night. Our friend Ashley came over. We, Her and I went to Walmart and bought, like, the entire infant section mm-hmm. and came home, and literally these two twins were there, and they were little tiny peanuts. And so we were like, oh, my gosh. It's going to be Nolly and the twins. This is going to be the best life ever. Nine months later, uh, the grandmother got full custody of them. Wow, you had them for nine months. We did have them for nine months. And, I mean, that was the thing that wrecked my wife still to this day. Having little grandma children. 
Um, yeah, because we were told they were ours, so we acted as if they were ours. Mm. The, all of our plans were around them. Like, she quit her job. Yeah. We bought a minivan. Wow. All because we had them, and they were staying, and they were going to be Evans's, and this was our family. Yeah. Psych. And there was no warning. None. And how, how, how does that work? So if the... If a family member does want to take the foster child back, they can just do it abruptly? No, no. Court has to be involved for anything, okay. any of those decisions. And they had a court date, but um, they had all been so generic that we didn't even attend them. Like, I would never have missed a Nolly court date, right? Yeah. Ever. Ever. Um, but with the twins, I went to, like, the first couple, and the parents were so checked out that it was, like, it was like open and shut. This was, like, a no-brainer. So I stopped going to court dates. I didn't even know this grandma had raised her hand. Oh. So we knew there was a court date we didn't attend. Like, our lawyer would call us afterwards and be yeah. like, so here's what's going on, you know. Mm. Dad's DNA came back. Everything's looking great. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the phone call. I'm at work, and my attorney calls me, thank God, and says, paternal grandmother just got full custody of the boys at court today. And I'm like, huh? And we have to pick them up by 4 o'clock. <gasps> yeah. So... So, yeah, so I I lost it here. And I went into Patty like, I have to go. Because I have to go home and tell my wife. Like, who's, who's like, world has revolved around these two little boys. And uh, I can't look at you because you're crying. And I went home and I told my wife. And my in-laws came over. And literally it was the most devastating thing to watch them put those car seats in the car and take off. Mm. Like, and we've never seen them again. And that really? was, I don't know anything about them. Um, I know that they're about to be in kindergarten this year. You think about them all the time? All the time. All the time. All the time. There are pictures of them all over our house. And the thing is, is they were nine months old. So they probably have zero memory of us, right? Yeah. And we were so impacted by them, even Nolly, you know. Mm -hmm. And they probably don't even know we exist, which is great. I hope that they don't because that will probably bring a lot of trauma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Telling her was hard. The next day was the hardest. The next day, we took apart two cribs and Simon. packed them up. Yeah. And, I mean, our entire house was Babies. twins, yeah. right? And they were gone. And, like, no time flat. So then I think we were thought we were going to be done, right? Because that mm -hmm. wrecked our souls. Four days after the twins left, we got a call for twins. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, we get a call for twins, and I said, Sarah, this is meant to be. Like, how, you know. Yeah. This, this guy, Four days later, twins. Yeah, how old were they? They were biracial, boy and girl. Uh-huh. And their three-year-old sister. Wow. So we took in three. Okay. Um, we've already got Nolly at home. This was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> we are now out of bedrooms, so my wife and I are living in our unfinished basement, mm -hmm. and all the kids are living upstairs. Um, and there are four of them, Nolly's four, uh, the oldest daughter's three, and the twins were 18 months. One of the twins had been severely burnt, so we had to go to Shriners Hospital for therapy all the time. I mean, he was burnt from the knees down, oh. his entire feet, everything, and he required so much care. You had to wrap and massage his legs three times a day, and then the trauma of putting him in back in a bathtub where his injury happened... Forget about it. It is wailing and screaming like you've never heard in your life. Um, the three-year-old daughter 
I don't know. God bless her. But um, she was not a fan of Nolly. Mm-hmm. So would when no one was looking, go in and she'd pee on his toys. It, it was just the list went on and on and on. This is the first time in our, our story where we said we can't. So up until then, you know, the courts had told us what we were doing at this point. One of the hardest things we ever had to do was call the agency and say, this isn't working out for us. The stress level was off the charts. Um, and I think it was too many. You know, it was four. And my wife was staying at home and I got to leave every day at work and she never got a break. And imagine taking two infants, a three-year-old and a four-year-old to go to the grocery. Like, oh, man. And, and one is severely burnt and has to go to therapy every other day. And, you know, humans can only, each human has a certain capacity that you can handle emotionally. And if you can't be there for the, the child who's peeing on everything, obviously they need their own care. I mean, honestly, care. I was scared of the three-year-old because she was so deceitful. Mm. Yeah. I, I know See, that. my brain goes to, like, well, I wonder where she came from. She, those are survival skills, Correct. man. Those yes, are it survival is. skills. Correct. Everything you ever see when these kids walk in your house, yeah. you go, that's how they've been living. Yeah. And so we took another couple that yeah. they leave and, and they actually got a great home and we, we knew them. Um, so they all got to go to great homes and they've all been adopted. So that ended up a better story for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple other kids would come in and come out. Like we had one kid for a night um, where it's like they were taken from one parent, but the other parent swoops in and mm. you know what I mean? So there were a lot of quickies like that. Well, no, we only had one that was a, a night. And the saddest part is, is after we were no longer licensed, that kid went back into foster care. And they called us and asked us to take him, but we were no longer licensed. And so there's Nolly, who's first, and there's Marco, who's last. Mm-hmm. And there were 10 in between them. So our last wow. kid is Marco. And how old were you, were you? How old was Marco when you guys got him? Two. Exactly the same exact age that Nolly was when he came. Okay. And what was he what was his behavior like? So we were Marco's fourth stop. Okay. Okay. He had been found walking in the middle of the night, fourth of July weekend in a diaper at two years old, walking through a very rough neighborhood. The police found him. Um, an aunt tried to take them because he was one of five at that time. Mm-hmm. An aunt tried to take all of them overwhelmed, couldn't do it. Um, then they were all split up in foster care and went into different homes. Because uh, taking five is a lot. Yeah. Right? Um, and then the, his first foster home, it had been reported that he attacked an infant and he was two. So they call us and I, I, that's about what I find out. And they're like, will you take him? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Great. A kid that beats other kids up. We haven't had this one yet. Um, and I am telling you, when he walked in, something about him I I like just knew Mm -hmm. I knew that he was going to be our last one well no I didn't I'll take that back but I knew he was supposed to be in Evans Mm -hmm. he is so aggressive (laughs) and he is so wild and he is everything off the charts everything everything (laughs) and Nolly is so calm and chill and like they couldn't be more opposite and so his he was adopted in under two years Okay. A year and a half. Yeah. It was pretty standard. It was pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we called his adoption, mm-hmm. he got adopted because of COVID. It was it took a little bit longer because of the court systems being closed for COVID. Um, he got adopted in 2020. Um, we said that, that it was his adoption. 
party and also um, our retirement from foster care party. Um, because, you know, foster care is, is a lot of things. I used to say I was going to write a book called There's No Such Thing as Foster Care. Um, but looking back, you know, I'm not as bitter anymore because I'm not living it every day. Yeah. You know, I got two beautiful kids out of the situation. Yeah. Um, what would you say to parents who are or people considering mm-hmm. becoming a foster parent? The kids are great. The bio families are hell. Yeah. And nobody wants to say that. And nobody, everyone wants to be like, and I got into this to help, you know, this mom get off drugs and try to get her kids back. And there are people out there that feel that way. Mm-hmm. There there are. I was not one of them. I had such a bad, you know, we had biological parents calling the cops on us saying we were hurting their kids, um, that they, they had pictures that we had handprints on these children's faces. You know, anything to retaliate because we're the bad people where their kids are living instead of, you know, embracing the fact that they're in a great home, yeah. you know. Because you get there's such a bad rap for foster parents too. Like they're all in it for money, and because some of I think it's like life. Some of them suck. Yeah. Some of them are bad and abusive. Not all of them, but some of them are. Maybe you, you at least for me, like I have no personal experience, and I don't know anyone raised in the foster system or anything. But then, like my knowledge of it is you, other people that I've um, like really you, and then like what I've seen on TV and movies, which is all the bad stuff for the most part. And the system, the system cares they they say it's all about the kids mm-hmm. it's a lie it's not it's all about the parents getting their kids back really yes and they go to the longest lengths possible to make that happen and in that smart attorney i told you about mm-hmm. she told me you have to think of them losing permanent custody of their kids as a death sentence and this degree of court that's the harshest punishment is the termination of their parent you know my kids when i adopted them they got brand new birth certificates my wife and I are on their birth certificates. We are their legal parents. They have new social security numbers. It's like the person they were before that vanished. Yeah. It didn't vanish. And I'm going to do everything in my, po- in my power to make sure that it didn't vanish. Oh, that love. You can't. That I, I haven't even experienced. Like that's. Yeah, I mean, I want my kids to know their truth, you know. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> that's funny because so... When I was going through both of their adoptions, I started them email accounts. Mm-hmm. Like, they have no idea, right? Yeah. Nolly's now 11, going into junior high. He was two. And Marco was two, and he's going into second grade. So he's seven. Um, every now and then they talk about it, but not a lot. It's clear that we're not their biological parents. We never claimed to be. We're two white women, and they're both black boys. Mm-hmm. Although Nolly is very territorial that he's biracial, not black. Okay. And he calls his brother Marco Black Black. Oh, okay. He's Black Black. And what does he call himself? Obama Black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started them email accounts, and I, I don't know, whenever I feel like their curiosity is ready and their maturity is ready, mm-hmm. every email that I ever sent or got on behalf of their adoption or their custody cases, I forwarded it. It's their birth names because neither one of them have their birth names. Okay. Um, it's their birth names and here is your truth at, at yahoo.com. Ah. And I afford every single email about their entire story into those email accounts. And I feel like maybe, you know, when they in, in, in a perfect world at their graduation, I hand them a card and I go, here's your story and here's the password. You think you wait till they I think ask? I'll wait. 
No, they ask questions now, and I always answer these questions 100% truth. Okay. Do you think that's good? I mean, obviously people do adoption in many different ways, whether or not they ask to tell the kids exactly their truth. I think, you, you think? the truth is, is the only way to do it. Um, but age-appropriate truth, yeah. right? So, like, Nolly would always ask about his, fa- his birth father. Um, he has memories of him, mm-hmm. and, you know, when he's five, I say, he got in trouble because he sold bad medicine. Now Nolly is uh, in junior high, and we talk about drugs, right? Yeah. At, but in the beginning, I told it was bad medicine, right? Mm-hmm. My kid doesn't need to know what heroin is at, at five. Yeah. Now he knows. Now he knows that his father was a big-time heroin Man, dealer. Man, that's a tough reality for a 10-year-old to have to come to terms with. And here's the one that I don't know how I'm going to handle, and I don't have all the answers, obviously, but my youngest son, Marco, mm-hmm. uh, his father recently just died in, in, in a gang shooting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so at some point I have to tell him that, right? Like, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do or how I'll say it. He never asks about him. He asks about his, his birth mother maybe, you know, mm-hmm. once every six months. Um, and he never calls her mom. He calls her by her official name. Really? Yeah. Um, you think maybe that's because he has two moms? I think that it's because they don't want to hurt our feelings. What do you mean? I think that they don't want to call that person mom or mommy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As if we're not that person. I, and um, that makes a lot of sense. And I always give them the the, the leeway to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's your mommy too, right? I, those are the small things that I say. Do you think, um, I don't know, did you have any backlash? Because you said that Marco doesn't ask about his dad. Do you think because he's never had a dad? He doesn't, and I hate to say that. How how are you guys sensitive about that? Because he has two moms, mm-hmm. or does he not? Is he not familiar with it? And do they look? We're realists. Like I, yeah. my kids don't have dads. Yeah, right. Like never did. Even before they came to live in our homes, they didn't have dads. You know what? I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a real thing. Now I love my school district mm-hmm. because there are a ton of kids who don't have dads or don't have moms or have two moms or have two dads or are brown or are not from this country like it that's is, fantastic our school district is the melting pot okay because i was going to ask you do they go through any bullying or any sort of racism at school or um anything no, at all no, no. because of their living situation no and and i would stay in the school district forever because of it Um, I remember walking into Nolly's kindergarten room and there were not just me and my wife. There were two other same sex relationships and Mm -hmm. uh, parents in that room. So there were three of us. Right. You all give each other the eye across the room. Like, all right. okay. (laughs) And I mean, half the class is black and half the class is white. Right. And there's some Asians and there's there's everybody in there. So racism is not a big deal at this school at Mm -hmm. all that I've seen so far. Um, And. The younger years, the kids think it's cool, right? Like, I, I've had their friends come up and be like, how come Nolly doesn't have a dad? And I, and I was I'm like, because two moms is way cooler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, You're it right. is. Yeah. yeah, and Nolly, you know, I remember his teacher emailing me in first grade. The first day of school, they have to get up and say something, like, about themselves. Uh-huh. Hi, I'm Nolly, and I... Yeah. Like peanut butter. Now, mine gets up. Hi, I'm Nolly, and I, I technically have three moms. <gasps> and the whole room's like, what? what? 
it. Like, think it's cool. Yeah. Like, how did that even happen? And mom is superwoman when you're a kid, you know? I think so. I, I don't know. In high school, when you, everybody hates their mom. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it'll be as cool, but we are super involved in their friendships. Yeah. Like, we're that, that parent that offered. You, a, no way. <laughs> we offer to drive everywhere. We have all the sleepovers. We do all of that. Uh-huh. Because I want our house to be the safe place, and I want it not to be weird to other kids. My These kids have spent the night at our house, I can't even tell you how many times, and they've never once been like, yo, your moms are going into the same bedroom. Yeah. That's weird. You know, I, got, I mean, it's a generational thing. I was raised really differently. There weren't, there weren't same-sex couples, not in the neighborhood I was raised in. I was mm-hmm. raised in a primarily white Catholic neighborhood here in Cincinnati, which is great all in itself as well. Same. You know, Westchester, girl. Um, oh. Um, and now it's so normal. I think that's freaking fantastic. I mean, it all happens so quickly, and there's a lot, but it's not easy for everybody. It isn't, and it isn't, and that's why yeah. I think it's super important the school district that we're in. I, 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 Are you nervous at all about raising um, two black boys, being a white mom? Oh my god, yes. Well, what are some of the things that you're experiencing? In so I talk to all my black friends. Yeah. Like I try to stay in tune with like. So, I mean, I just had this conversation with Kay yesterday about pillowcases, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I buying the right pillowcases? Do you have silk one? Well, they, they do. Yeah. And then it's like, well, do they have to do a do-rag with a silk pillowcase? Mm-hmm. And, like, girl, six years ago, I would never even had this conversation. Like, I wouldn't even know anything about yeah. black hair. But both of my boys' hair are completely different, so it takes different products, and we have products going out the ass. Um, what was your question? Um, just if you're nervous about raising two black yes. boys and having them, I'm, um, I, I guess, um, do they feel and do you think they will? Are you nervous about this issue of them feeling slighted because they go home and it's a different culture than maybe some of their black friends that have black families? Yeah. So then they go, it's just, it's not the same. Yeah. You're, you're not a black mom, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, we kind of try to highlight our good. Mm-hmm. Like we highlight to our family, like how unique we are. I mean, my wife's calling right now. I mean, I don't know another um, gay couple who have black adopted kids. I don't yeah. know another one. I'm sure there's plenty in Cincinnati. Yes. I know none. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highlight that to our kids. Like, we are the most badass family in the city. <laughs> like, for real. Your mom and I, we kick ass. You two are spectacular. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm nervous. I don't let them know I'm nervous. But I'm nervous about all of that. I'm nervous about race, hate. Um, outside of, you know, in my house, I can protect them from all that. And so do the, I, I heard something about the, um, the white savior. What's that, that? That can be. So I guess this happens a lot with babies that are um, black babies that are adopted from Africa, like African babies. Oh, uh, I know where this is headed. Yeah. Okay. And then so they are they, they lose a lot of their blackness because they have white families yeah. or whatnot. And then they also are victim to like silent racism all over the place, nuances. Not that, yeah, obviously, that's not happening it. in I your household, it. but do you see any of that? Oh, my and- gosh. So in the court system, you do. You know, you. we kind of skipped over it, but we were getting in the home stretch of d- adopting Nolly after four years. Like, mm-hmm. we, did, there were days I would cry. This is never going to happen. There were days, like, I think it's going to happen. It was such an emotional journey, and we're finally at the finish line, and our attorney, basically, this, she sits down at our dining room table, and she's like, look, Gay marriage was just legalized six months ago. Right now, we're fighting for full custody of this kid, and you guys are partners. That's great. But don't you think the court would look at it a lot 
more serious if you were a married couple. Yeah. And we were married in six weeks after that conversation, like went to the courthouse and got married because like she was right. You know, we should look at like a full unit going into this. Not like, well, we didn't even have a bank account shared. So I left <laughs> and sorry, this kid screwed up again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the court system, going completely back to that, um, you get a lot of that. Like, do you know what to do with black kids? Right. Do you, are you going to know how to teach them all that? And no, I don't. No, but I do a ton of research, and I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm ignorant to say that. Like, we surround ourselves with so many families. Yeah, because gay families, biracial families, black families. That I think that, and and I've picked really great mentors for my kids really? through sports, like coaches. Yeah, are their race right, and they have taken them under their wings, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong. So it sounds like you're doing it, your heart's in the right place. I think, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We should do this again in, in 15 years <laughs> when they're grown men, and I'll let you know. Um, are you, do, have you experienced any other moms be judgmental toward you, towards you? Have you ever had an instance where an, another black mom slighted you for? Oh, my God. And yeah. the stories are unbelievable. Really? Like what? Oh, yeah. So Marco came from a horrible situation. Clearly, he's two. He's walking in the middle of the night in a diaper, mm-hmm. right, in, in, the, in the ghetto. Um, so when he first came to, to live with us, um, he would call everybody the N-word because oh. that has been what he's been called, right? Not yeah. by his own name. He'd just been called the N-word. Oh. So um, we took him to dinner at uh, Kabuto's, the hibachi grill uh-huh. in Coleraine, like where, like, you know, they sit you with a bunch of other people to fill up the whole grill, right? Yeah. So here's my family and my two kids, Nolly and Marco, and he's in a high chair. And I told you he's already, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister came with us. And then on the other side, you know, there's this lovely family celebrating a birthday. Excuse me. On this side, there's, like, a couple's anniversary or maybe their first date. Mm -hmm. And they're both black. And he had had it. He didn't want to be in that high chair anymore. And he just started screaming at my wife that she was the N-word. At two, taking his shoes off and launching them onto the hibachi grill. You should have seen these black families, like, thinking that we taught him that word, right? Mm. And you can't, in that moment, when you're being judged, we would be judged all the time. You don't want to turn and go, he's a foster kid. That ain't our fault. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? You just take their heat. And, yes, yes, you know, black women, uh, a lot have been amazing. And they're all strangers. They've been amazing. And some have been really cruel they give you two looks one like oh my god your son's beautiful or the oh my god you slept with my husband to have him mm-hmm. those are the two looks that i get i don't think like anymore or maybe i just don't care and i don't see it yeah probably that i don't really care at all like i don't even remember that my kids are black i know that well, sounds yeah. stupid like i don't No, i mean it makes that makes complete sense but it's also really good to know that you don't have any sort of traumatic stories about this. And you in yourself weren't bullied for or treated any differently. You know me, girl. Like, I wouldn't even give a shit, right? I know. Like, people can <laughs> talk whatever they want to talk. I'm sure there was lots of talking. I just... You know what's crazy? As I went into this, like, I'm sure there's a lot to be said. And you've been through a lot because of this. And I didn't even think about it. They're like, it's really such a bulldog. She was just like, fuck that. I know exactly what I'm doing. Oh, giving I these was... kids a great home. I'm a great mom. Everyone else can be my aunt. It was, that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I knew that we were going to give them the life they deserved. 
or yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna die trying like i'm gonna give them and then that doesn't mean all the things i mean even though they have all the things um what was the hardest through this process oh the emotional journey of not knowing what if is this forever or are we gonna get crushed when the twins left again you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. that is the hardest part um and then there's the no one's your ally the, how, how so in the court and that, you know, the judge is, is rooting for the parents. The attorneys are rooting for the parents. The caseworkers are rooting for the parents. The therapists are rooting for the parents. Everybody's rooting for the parents. And you're sitting there and you're going, you are a horrible to this child. Yeah. Horrible. The abuse list is so long. Why are we still talking to you? Give me that baby to love. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So you never feel like there's somebody that goes, and you know what? These girls right here. Are the shit? No one. Like, how does it? I mean, your, your attorney, own, your own attorney does, but they have to like tiptoe because the court wants the parents to have their kids back. And do you mind if I ask, like, how expensive it is? Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. You know, every dime that I ever spent in it, I was reimbursed at the end. Really? Yeah. By this, you know, when you file your taxes, you get it all back because, you know, these are all local kids. Um, so yeah, there is some out of pocket expense, mm-hmm. but. Typically, your your attorney is court appointed, so that's free. Your mm-hmm. therapist is court appointed, so that's free. Mm-hmm. Any resources that you need, it's pretty much free. Um, and then when you get down to adoption, there is cost with the adoption, but it's minimal, under two grand. Yeah. And you really do get it back when you file your taxes. Okay. You get to write it off at least. You know, they're not handing you a two thousand dollar check, but. Okay. Yeah. So I guess they, once again, I've heard so many stories. I guess if you go through private agency, you can be. Yeah, that's really expensive, right? Yeah, but that's a totally different thing, right? That's yeah. nothing what we did. And are your boys happy? God, I'd hope so. Yeah, I hope. No, stay calm. Yeah, I, I mean, would hope that they are. I would hope that you see them and they're happy. Going through all of the, the court, yeah, BS. You mm-hmm. know, were there times when Nolly or Marco's family? Like you had to deal with them personally. Oh yeah, 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 all the time. So for Nolly, he had uh, two visits a week at his mother's home that I had oh. to drive and pick him up for. I've had her come through my car window at me. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Whoa, what? Yeah, because I'd have to go drop him off at her house from a for a two to four a visit, and then go pick him up. And if she wasn't ready to bring him out to me, then it was a whole ordeal. Okay. Well, now when the adoption became um, official, does she try? Are you worried that she'll try to come back in his life at all? Mm. Or maybe like to show up some? Because do they know where you live? Um. So they knew where we lived. Not now that we've moved, they do not know where we live. Okay. Um. Every now and then, I will get a text message that I crafted. I take a lot of time in crafting back a response, depending on what the, the text is. Mm-hmm. If it's giving my son back, that does not warrant a reply. But if it's, how is he? I'll send multiple pictures. Great. He's an awesome swimmer. He, yeah. You know. And then it always goes to a place where it shouldn't go, so I have to cut it off at, right after that. Yeah. And But it only happens maybe once or twice a year. Now with Marco's situation, that, that it's completely different. Nobody, nobody reaches out. And his situation, I had to get up and testify. Uh, I had to take the stand in his in his um, custody battle, and there we were battling a grandmother for that custody. Um, and the whole time I'm on, oh sorry, um, the whole time I'm on the stand, she's like in the court, like ah uh-uh, ah, no, you did it. 
So there's, and she's very aggressive and very scary. And so, yeah, we've had lots of interactions. And none of them have been really great. I am sure, because our friend, the one I told you about in the beginning, who adopted five kids by herself. Yeah. Two of those kids, like, those kids go and spend the night with their bio moms. Like, they have a great relationship. They all spend Christmas together. Uh, two out of her five kids. Really? Yes. So it's possible. Yes, but I, both yeah. people got to be there. And I. it would have been possible for us. I would hope it would have been possible for us if I had solved the change. And I just mm-hmm. never saw the change for their safety, for the kids' safety. You say you got to protect the kids, yeah. Yeah, because they all say it. It's all about the kids. And I would scream, like, we're the only ones who care all about the kids. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, you know, our kids would be missing. Like, they would go for a visit when they, we would hire transportation through the, the agencies. Yeah. They'd supposed to be back at 4, and it's 6 o'clock, and there's no kids missing. Or there's no kids there, and I'm oh blowing everybody's phones up. I'm like, should I call the police? And they're like, oh, we had to pick up more kids. They didn't tell you. What? I'm literally on the ground over here. Wait, so you have to go through you have to go through that agency to, ha- to for transportation, like you can't, yeah, like uh, so. Okay. There's so many agencies, right? Our mm-hmm. agency was NIAP, so we used National Youth Advocacy Program. Um, they were fine, um, but at the end of the day, all of these agencies they say it's all about the kids. I would again make take money. it with a grain of salt. It sucks when it's a for profit business. You're correct. It just sucks. Regardless, you are correct. Humans are involved. Correct. Yes. Do you think the boys have experienced, like, the trauma they're going through? Or are you worried about yes. them as they grow? Yes. They both have had a very, really, really, really shitty start to life. Really shitty. Sh- at stuff that I, I can't even fathom. I can't fathom my parents putting a few of my broken toys in a Kroger bag and sending me to live with a stranger. I don't know where you mentally have to go to to know that. And he remembers. Um, he remembers a lot. Um, he has a lot of anger right now. Yeah. Um, Marco doesn't. Marco doesn't have... And my angry one isn't angry, which is weird. He may get angrier. Um, but he's always like... Marco's... When he brings her up, he'll say, I wonder what Nikita's doing. And I'll be like, well, hopefully she's got a good job... She's eating a steak for dinner. I try to keep it simple like that. Nolly, he's like, I don't care. I don't want to know. And I said, Nolly, that's not fair. You don't have to have a hard, harden your heart to this situation. Your mother did fight one hell of a fight for you. How um, how often does, does that happen? Which one? N- Nolly. Right Nolly will not bring her up. I have to do it. How uh, with Marco? How often does that happen? Um, what's crazy is it happened last week, and that was the first time in maybe like nine months. Oh, do you think that's a good thing then, right? Yeah, I mean they all have biological siblings that they see. Okay. So between both of my boys, they have eighteen siblings. Right. Um, that's why I, I make. You get the, a lot to keep straight, though. And everybody's from Hamilton County, so I make the joke that like when my boys start dating, we're gonna have to DNA swab everybody because oh yeah. it's probably their sister. Wait, but also, are you worried when you when they go hang out with their siblings? There's so much they're exposed to, or so much. I ain't nobody to hanging out with nobody without me sitting right there. I don't know. Okay. My wife. Oh, now my my son's calling. Do you want to ask him if he's happy? <laughs> Stop it, Nolly. 
Hi, I am in the middle of a podcast with Natalie. No. All right, I love you. Bye. Hey, Sorry. I love you. My bad. Bye. 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 I have three missed calls from her about V Bucks for Fortnite. V Bucks? What is that? So, Fortnite has its own like currency. Shit. Yes, yes. It's called V Bucks. You have to buy their V Bucks, uh, and the kids can buy new and then they can outfits spend them and online. dances yeah. and weapons. It's called skins. Oh, gosh! I know. I had to make an avatar for a college class once. Our whole thing for the year. It was to like get more savvy in technology. It was like some sort of media class. This was a long time ago. Obviously, mm. this was like back in the Sims days. Where <laughs> yeah. we had to make avatars and then go in the virtual world and talk about it. And now looking back, I think I was just just such an asshole, really. Because I would make these, I would come in and be like, who the fuck are these people behind these avatars? This is fucked up. People are way too into this. They're spending way too much money. Um, all this shit is super weird. People keep trying to hump me. Oh. I don't understand what's going on in this. This is so bizarre. Your avatar got humped? I, yes. Like, I made mine so cool. I remember I always made mine... Always, there'd always be surfers or snowboarders or skateboarders, and they always had like backwards hats on and like so you <laughs> and like big pants and like cool jewelry. I always thought it was so cool that like SoCal style I've loved since I was a kid, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess they were just prey targets, they were prey, prey for the humping, anyway. Anyway, um, so when it comes to your, I, w- I would think that the kids will experience a lot of trauma and it will come out in different ways mm. as they get older. Yeah. And then just got to keep an eye on it, you know, like both of our kids. Marco has been um, has graduated therapy twice. Nice. Yay. Uh, and Nolly did three and a half years of therapy twice a week. So we are we've had great therapists and we've had therapists who tell us to use a brush on brush their arms to calm them down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that stuff where you're like, I'm never doing that. It's all the behavior, everyone's different, right? There's so many different ways. Yeah. I think it's so individual. It is. And, and both of my kids have died. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Marco has a long list of things he's been diagnosed with. Mm. Um, so he's a whole nother. He's a whole fun one. I, you know what? I was diagnosed with everything, too. And I always, I think I'm, I'm such a strong proponent for mental health now. So I've been overdiagnosed and overprescribed my whole life. They, like, said I was could be institutionalized. They tried to get me on lithium when I was younger. Damn. And I think I'm dope. I don't know. You I, are dope. I mean, I took all the medicine and did all the stuff and became miserable and suicidal. And it just, it really, I think a lot of kids, a lot of doctors who think that they're doing the right thing, you know, we're all just learning in real time. You're like human experiments for so many of these pills. And I guess that's how it's always been. But mm. I'm a big proponent for, don't tell the kid they're fucked up when they're young. Everyone learns differently. Not everyone can sit in a classroom. I was a terrible student. I'm a smart woman. You know, I work really hard on stuff, you know. He's just yeah. like, it just, I feel like it's, I I read something uh, a month or two ago that stuck with me so hard that, and it was just one sentence. It was, don't be your your kid's first bully. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And right. And I, I love it so much. Like I want to tattoo it, but I won't. Um, (laughs) But I'm like, you can take like, I, I know that I, you know, I will have walked by and been like, do you really need to eat that second cupcake? Yeah. Like, I'm a bully. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, you know, Marco, can't you just sit in a chair and eat dinner? Because he's 
his ADHD is legit off the charts. He doesn't sit. He stands for everything or jumps. And, you know, can't you just sit? And it's like, I got to remember. Like, I don't want to be their first bully. I don't want them to ever be bullied, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely not by me. I'm their protector. So, I don't know. Time will tell, I guess. I'm doing my best. I'm loving the hell out of them, though. (laughs) Have you experienced um, has being in a same-sex marriage um, made anything more difficult for you along the adoption process? No. That's excellent news. Bio parents had a problem with it, right? Like, they're like, uh, my kid's not going to be raised by two lesbians, mm. you know, or they use way na- nastier words. The court system does not care. The court system, once they do decide these kids are going to be adoptable, they just want good families. Yeah. And the, my skin or my sexual preference was never, I never felt looked like a second look at because of those things on the paper, right? Yeah. Um, but it takes a while to get there. But once you get there, I think the court knows who's good and who isn't, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think the rest of it means anything. And you're so lucky. And you, um, and and then you're in a neighborhood in a school system where the kids aren't bullied for it or anything. Yeah, I, I, that was so. When we were buying our first house and our second house, that I mean, it was we have to stay in this district. You know, it's crazy. I just interviewed. Um, a same-sex lesbian couple yesterday, they have eight kids between the two of them. Some are... Overachievers. <laughs> some are from when one of the women was married to a man before. Okay. And the rest are adopted. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, one of them committed suicide mm. because she came out when yeah. she was in the fifth grade. And then her life That's was really tough. hard. And then she ended up taking her own life at 15. And... I mean, suffice it to say that because they were gay was a huge issue Correct. for them yeah. in 2022 in the neighborhood that they live in. And them, them, I mean, these two women are obviously the most amazing women in the world. Talking to them is, was yeah. phenomenal. But they, their community, even their schools, the teachers have a huge issue. God, I, it is so to, important. She tried to start a GSA, a Gay Street Alliance, and the school would not let it. Is this local? This is no, an hour away here. Okay. Oh, an hour away from Cincinnati. We. But how many of these kids now. are in these these terrible towns that just don't understand? And exactly. I, I try to be yeah. so I try to be so understanding for people who don't understand because I gotta go. They just never learned. And I that's what I love about the message that my family sends without saying anything. Yeah. If you know my family, we we check a lot of those other boxes. Mm-hmm. Um. I hope that we give you a good taste in your mouth about if you weren't ever exposed to a a same-sex couple or a biracial family or foster kids. I hope that you meet my family and go, damn, they're really just normal. That's what I hope. (laughs) Yeah. I think when you get down to it, that's how life is in general. Yeah. You know? And it's not... hmm. Well, Julie... Did you learn anything? I learned a lot. Did you? I learned a whole lot. We've known each other for years. Pretty much what was just solidified to me, something that I already knew, oh. is that you're a love bulldog oh. and love conquers all. And oh. as cheesy as that sounds, it's true. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Love you. Thanks for Let's uh, do this in 10 years and see if my kids are, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of shape they're in. Um, well, um, uh, I will see you then. And until then, we should just walk because we got to get our steps in. You're so. right.
Love you, bye. Love you, bye.